I think if I'd continued any longer at the time, I would have just driven myself into a pit of despair even deeper than what I was already in. And I think that might have, yeah, okay, I might have had a few more months of growth on YouTube, but I would have been in an even worse place when I stopped. And that might have been enough to prevent me from coming back in the first place. Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Scouting Centre, a show designed for you to get to know the person behind your favourite content creators. I am Diz aka Mr underscore Diz 83 and you can find me on Twitch and YouTube. On our first episode today we have an absolute legend of the football manager community. He streams on Twitch on Tuesdays, Thursdays and a Saturday or a Sunday where you can find him doing his Tromsoul save. He drops daily content on YouTube where he's rebuilding Bolton. He is the current Streamer Showdown champion and an absolute pleasure of a human being. It is Matt, a.k.a. Second Yellow Card. Matt, thank you so much for doing this with me today. How are you? I'm brilliant. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. And um, even more so for you um, being involved in the first episode of the Scouting Centre. Happy to be here. Brilliant, brilliant. So the premise of the show is simple. Like We'll do a draft. Um, we'll do a £500 million draft. We'll do two legs. Um, you can pick whoever you want to. I'd say about 16 to 18 players. Yep. But ultimately, you and me will just get to know each other a little bit better. Brilliant. Okay, excellent. So if we begin draft. Yep. Hopefully I set it up for two legs. <laughs> if you didn't, that's fine as well. We just, I we'll, just we'll, pressed buttons. <laughs> and that's the best way to do, pressing buttons. Exactly. Excellent. So we're doing the five-minute draft. So I think my first question to you is, when did you get into Football Manager? It's a weird one. It's not like... A lot of people have got like a massive history that goes back years with Football Manager. For me, it just isn't as deep as that. I read a book on a whim one day called Football Manager Ruined My Life, with written by this guy called Ian McIntosh. Yeah. And... I didn't really, I, I, I never understood Football Manager because I didn't really understand like why people would get excited about dots on a screen. And obviously back then that was like, most people still played in 2D. But then I, did I click the right button? I think I did, yes. Then having read it for a little bit and I kind of, I enjoyed the sort of story of it. And at the time I was into FIFA Manager because, you know, I, I was yet to be enlightened by the, the greatness that is FM. And then having read the book, I thought, screw it, you know what, I'll get it on sale on steam because it was you know past that point where it was like midway through the game cycle and i played it a little bit and i was like okay this is kind of fine and then i just kind of left it for a little bit and then i sort of started watching some fm content creators this is back in like 2014 yeah and thought oh okay this is interesting people are actually making content about this because i was still sort of new to youtube at the time but i still sort of watched some sort of gaming content creators and i started watching some fm content at the time and thought okay that's kind of cool and it kind of got me back into playing the game again so i started playing it across the summer and i did this save with uni out uh, in Portugal, and I was sort of writing stuff to go alongside it, not for any purpose other than my own sort of satisfaction. And then I had been running a football blog called Second Yellow Card uh, as like a website, so it was secondyellowcard.com. Yeah. And I already had a kind of all the infrastructure set up for things like that. And all of a sudden, like I was like, screw it, I've got a YouTube channel, and I had all the names and everything. So I was like, well, the only thing my laptop is capable of playing is FM, and it can only barely handle that. So why not just start recording some videos on it, basically? And that's how it sort of all started off. I realise you didn't actually ask me about that, but that sort of naturally leads into that. No, no, that's brilliant to hear. So, so ultimately, um, who were the content creators that you looked at? Do you remember at the them? Time, at the time, yeah, no, I remember at the time. I mean, firstly, uh, the first content creator with FM I found was, was Jack, Work the Space, because um, he was making content all the way back then. 
as yeah. well and he was sort of at the top i mean similar to how he is now really but back then he was particularly at the top as like the only sort of real big standout from the community at the time as far as large numbers on youtube so it was you were immediately drawn to his content uh, and there was other people like evolving mick and uh just another guy hd and a guy called get scout report who i think he's actually recently come back to making content which is cool so it was those guys really that at the time i watched that sort of got me going actually going you know I, I could probably have a crack at this i mean what's the worst that could happen is no one watches it and then does i just disappear so you said you had a youtube channel anyway mm -hmm. so what were you what was on that youtube channel before absolutely nothing okay. uh it was just one of those things where because i'd done a lot of stuff in internet marketing i knew that when starting any kind of endeavor it was best to get as many of the urls on social media sites as possible for the thing you're doing just in case yeah so because i had the second yellow card website i had the twitter account i had the facebook page i had the youtube account with the you know the at second yellow card urls and everything on all of those websites apart from twitter because twitter's character limit sucks but so i already had all that so there was just nothing on the youtube page so i was like well this isn't going that well let's try and put something on here just for the funnies and see what happens okay so fair play to you so ultimately who do you, did you ever go to um any of these like jack or anything like that in relation to getting some advice not really um i just kind of my i wasn't expecting anything from it so i just wanted to see what would happen yeah. and i was introduced to jack several months later when we did this thing called the fm league which ben dr benji set up but that was my first sort of real interactions with most of the other content creators like the only interaction i had before then was that around about oh i mean i started making the content in september 2014 and around about late october i, I remember this quite well because you remember those things like when you get your first subscriber and where you were and stuff like that because that's it matters i still remember i was in a little chef car park and i got got a notification on my phone that someone had subscribed to the channel it wasn't me or m so i was like well that's good isn't it yeah and, i mean it could have been a bot for all i know but then later in the month in like october kind of time i'd made a few videos i was doing a fulham series and i had like some american samoa series on the go just because it was quite easy to churn out content back then because it wasn't a lot of effort really required in it yeah and so you could just kind of churn out videos very, very quickly. Uh, I mean, admittedly, on my laptop, it wasn't very, very quick for me. If I was making that kind of content now, I could make 10 videos a day. Uh, but obviously, it would go nowhere because the effort levels and the bar is much higher. But um, Just Another Guy HD did a showcase in which he found some content creators. And somehow, I ended up in there. Because I guess there was a smaller pond of creators in general. There was less people making it. So it was easier to get noticed if you even had even the tiniest bit of, like, potential i suppose it was much easier to be found and so he did like a showcase video where he talked about some other youtubers and i was one of them and as a result of that i got to like 50 subscribers almost overnight so i was like hell i've got people watching me now yeah. and then about a week after that um mick evolving mick made a, a video similar to that except he had a, an even larger youtube base at the time i think it was a couple of thousand and as a result that took put me straight through like 100 to 250 very very quickly and all of a sudden it just started snowballing because at that point i guess youtube saw that and then oh people are actually watching this guy he's getting loads of subs and it kind of just ended up me pushing stuff and then when the new game came out in 2015 i started off with a portsmouth save just for the funnies i was just like whatever i'm gonna do this i could back then you could kind of just do what you wanted because it didn't really matter and i was just experimenting did a portsmouth save and just so happened that it ranked very well for the search term football manager 2015 so as a result of that it would constantly appear in searches and people just kept finding the content i know i know that just finding the content ain't enough you need to actually have something on the other end of it and thankfully at the time there was enough there that people stuck around basically so we went from 250 and by the end of the month it was a thousand subscribers christmas it was three thousand and it just started snowballing out of nowhere basically that's amazing that really is fair play to you so, so 
literally in the space of three months you went from 250 to a thousand i think we i I remember where i was because like i said like it was halloween when i hit 100 100 subscribers and then it was firework night on november 5th so like less than a week later we hit 250 subscribers because i was having wisdom teeth surgery that day so i was out of my damn mind on anesthetics when i saw it (laughs) and i remember being driven home from the hospital by my sister and i'm just looking at my phone going that can't be right it was like 100 this morning and then i think it was it must have been in fact it was less than a month later it was the end of november that i uh, applied for partnership with like an mcm which nowadays is pointless but back then it was like a thing you did yeah and at that time you needed a thousand subscribers to get considered essentially so i it must have gone from like 250 to a thousand before the end of november um because i was just about to start a new job at the time and again i remember being in my mate's flat while i was doing all this stuff yeah and I think throughout December, it sort of continued to sort of, because obviously the new game had come out there. So you got the boost, the boost that you get associated with that. So that came along. And then I think around about Christmas, I think we'd hit about 2000 subs. It might've been 2,500. I don't know exactly, but it was something around that kind of number. It was, I was amazed that people were interested in what I was putting out, honestly, because it wasn't very good. Because I did have a look at your first episode was Portsmouth. First episode of 2015, yeah, was Portsmouth. I did like three series on 2014, but there was only like a month in between and that was all kind of very poor content. Not that Portsmouth was great, but it was definitely better. Yeah. And was there a week, because I've noticed that there was a bit of a, a gap where you didn't use to put your face on and then you did put your face on. Was that intentional? Yeah, a while. Uh, yeah, so, well, I say intentional. I, basically, with our, I was recording on a horrendous um, old laptop that had no abilities the webcam would have looked trash and besides i didn't at the time like when i first started doing it i used to use a fake name as my manager because i I was very conscious about doing stuff like that and then obviously after a while you kind of have to be like well actually no my name isn't whatever the name i used to use was and it took me a long time i don't think i actually revealed my face until like midway through the next year i think it might have been like the five thousand subscriber special or something was when i actually did like a q a with an actual camera and obviously that was just my webcam, so it looked like trash, but I was very sort of careful about that. And back then, nobody used face cams anyway, so it was you weren't losing any kind of traction by not having a face cam because nobody did it. It took about another year before people actually started regularly having face cams in their videos. Oh, okay. So, so it was the norm? It was completely the norm. Nobody did face cams back then. Um, I guess they didn't understand the need for it, whereas I think, again, back then you could get into it very easily with very little in terms of production value and get quite large results very quickly without as long as you had a little bit about your personality wise and a tiny bit of knowledge of the game although the knowledge of the game is clearly optional because i was able to do all right (laughs) um uh, you could kind of get some decent traction without having like fancy effects and graphics and face cams and high quality lighting and all that jazz that's youtube has changed a lot in five years yeah brilliant and 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 that's what i've noticed because like me coming up as a new content creator i feel like i need some of that to kind of stand apart yes um and is that something that you feel like needs to be done now or is that an evolving thing that's happened it's basically it's evolved over time, but yeah. it's almost an essential now to have things like face cam, good quality microphone audio. Yeah. Although I always tried to prioritize that to begin with. Uh, that was one of my most important. I think that might be part of the reason I did so well at start because I did have decent microphone audio. I might have sounded like crap because <laughs> I wasn't confident behind a microphone or whatnot, but it sort of sounded like it was good polished crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, good polished crap. I mean, I think that's a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when did you start doing this full time? Uh, this year. This year. Yeah. Wow. It was uh March, basically when the pandemic hit. Yeah. So and it was just like I kind of got to make a choice here because 
shit's going nuts so i'm gonna have this extra opportunity why not try and do some streaming as well on top of the youtube videos compress my schedule down a little bit and use this extra time to make streams and just see where it goes and that's so what were you doing if you can speak about it what were you doing beforehand yeah. I was doing like SEO stuff. So like search engine optimization, I was building websites and exploiting like Google keywords and stuff to just basically build websites that would be viewed and then use Google AdSense essentially to build revenue off of that and like uh, cost per action incentives on various websites. Basically, I was just doing internet marketing <laughs> is the sort of the short way of describing it. And were you still able oh. to provide the daily content then as well? Yes. So I was still doing daily content because obviously I was working from home anyway. Yeah. So it didn't really change anything. It's just that back then there was just like, I, I recorded on like certain days and worked on the others essentially. And then, yeah, you kind of just went from there. And so that brings me nicely onto the fact of, um, and, and I have kind of jumped some of the questions, but it brings me nicely <laughs> onto the fact of you only started streaming in March. Yes. Is that correct? On yeah, Twitch. yeah, it was March 23rd. I have streamed before, but it had been like one-off streams on Twitch to celebrate milestones or whatever. Nothing consistent. Yeah. I tried to get some consistency this time last, or not this time, but like around that time last year. And my anxiety was through the roof about streaming because the thing I liked about YouTube is I could control everything. Yeah, I had total control of what was going on in my videos, all that sort of stuff. If I fucked up, I could edit it out. It was nice and easy. Whereas streaming, it's like a complete, it's like running a radio show or a TV show as opposed to, you know, carefully curating things and i didn't like that and i was scared about what could happen with that kind of thing it's a whole new world for me that and just anxiety in general over doing stuff like that it's like brand new and you're just never quite sure how you're going to handle it yeah and and how so when you did start streaming which was march the 23rd um your content is really chilled to be fair and you do to i remember you saying it's 70 30 30 about the game and 70 percent what the stream wants to talk about yeah you it's you, you have topics the game is a the game is a conduit. The game is kind of like a catalyst. It's just something that provides background interest. And yeah, obviously, sometimes sometimes the streams more do veer more towards the game because you know how FM can be. It can throw yeah. up some absolutely brilliant scenarios which you actually can use to create content with when you're streaming. But a lot of the time, it's more about just... Re for me, anyway, I mean, I'm not sure this applies to everyone, but this is just the way I like to treat it. It's more about... I like to think of my streams more like it's just chatting with FM in the background. Yeah essentially the chat is more important to me than what's going on on the screen a lot of the time too much so much so that i'll miss goals a lot of the time because i'm reading chat <laughs> and, and is that but is that something that's been by design or is that something that you've kind of fallen into it's kind of both yeah. it's one of those things where i felt like if i was going to stream that's how it would be anyway because i felt like I, I look at it like a four-hour radio show with like an improv comedy element so mm -hmm. it's much easier to riff off of stuff when the chat is providing stuff for you yeah. whereas when you're doing videos it's harder because you have to everything has to be come up with by you off the cuff and it can be quite difficult sometimes to generate humor or storylines when you've not got that added extra so it, it's partly by design but it's partly just that's just how it came about after i'd done a few streams i sort of realized that that's where it was going and I felt that actually that was the most that was the sort of direction I was most comfortable with for the stream because I guess you kind of got to decide what type of content creator you want to be. I mean, you don't have to, but I feel like it's sometimes something you have to consider whether you want to be sort of a knowledge base where people come to you for knowledge about the game. And I've always said that that's not what I wanted to be because I don't believe I have that level of competency with Football Manager to the point where people should be listening to me anyway. Yeah. So I thought that in that case, you have to either be entertaining or just offer something different and that's what i felt like i could maybe offer i wasn't sure if i could or not but i don't know i think i'm doing okay yeah well you have to are because i think at last looking you're close to eight thousand followers on twitch it's like i think it's about seven and a half but yeah twitch sometimes rounds up weirdly so maybe it is eight yeah excellent um so what inspires your saves <sighs> it's one of those things where 
because people will often you, you get this quite a lot i'm sure you get this too yeah. people will say you know you should do a team with x team or y team and it's like okay but i'm sure that'd be interesting to like two people but you sort of reach a point where you have to make a decision based on more than just whether one person would enjoy it and i try to keep a balance between something i'm going to enjoy and something that i know a lot of people will enjoy because obviously you've got an audience to think about yeah. but i'm never going to do a save that i don't i know i'm not going to enjoy like it's been, people will be saying, oh, you should do a save with, I don't know. The one that always comes up is 1860 Munich. That's yeah. always the, so much, so much so it's become a meme um, because it's obviously one of those things that's always recommended to people constantly because of, you know, it is an interesting club or whatever. But uh, it gets recommended so much that you therefore don't want to do it because it just feels like it's just such a, an easy cop out and I just have no interest in it. So I try to choose saves that I know enough people are going to be interested in, generally speaking, and then balance that out with something I know I'm going to interest be interested in myself like with youtube it's easier because i have kind of a set stall of saves that i tend to rotate around on a yearly basis yeah. so with rebuilding saves you know there's very strict parameters of what i choose for those so it's not super difficult yeah. but with stream saves i feel like with twitch you can get away with way more like you can kind of just do whatever the hell you like provided you've got and i guess that kind of comes back to the fm not being the most important part of the save yeah. so if you make fm secondary then the save doesn't matter quite as much still think that's quite an important factor. You still want the save to generate content. And obviously, I've tried to do that with UniHour and then with the Outcast All Icons and now with Jonsa. But I feel like you've got more freedom on Twitch to choose saves that you kind of just want to do rather than having to worry quite so much about the audience side of things because I feel like the audience is there for... They feel like they're more there for you than they are for the save. And that sounds extremely big-headed, but I think that applies to the entire platform in general. I think that's the reason people watch streamers, perhaps over YouTube. Yeah, and, and I think so. And I think that's what I found um, being a new content creator. Um, a lot of people hang around. I, I don't think it's for my football managing ability either because I'm not very good at the game, mm. um, as per not winning anything with Borussia Dortmund. Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they always like hang around and they say it's because of me and all that stuff and, and, the, and the person behind the co um, content creator. And I think that's why I wanted to create this show. Ultimately, yeah. it's a way of getting people to kind of know you um, and, and, and me and, and, and other people. Have you ever done a save and thought, oh my God, what have I done? Uh, kind of, but it's usually not to do with like me not enjoying it. It's often I've just made a poor choice as far as like the audience goes. Yeah. So the one I always come back to, and this is almost a meme in itself again, is, is the Wesker save I did on YouTube around about just before the FM20 came out. My last sort of save before FM20 was a, a one season challenge with Wesker, where the idea was that I was going to do each individual game would be its own episode where we'd go into much more detail about things as I try to learn more of the game mechanics that perhaps you would gloss over. Yeah. And I found it very enlightening personally. And it got me, I think, better at the game because I was able to take a look at things that I would generally ignore because I had more time. But from a audience perspective, people did not enjoy the save because it moved too slowly for them. And oh, Christ, nearly clicked complete draft then. Um, <laughs> It moved too slowly for them and it wasn't generally given anywhere near the same level it was probably i don't know less than half the viewership of every other save i've ever done which but it's all it's all knowledge at the end of the day it's all you look at that and go okay so that was a bad idea why was it a bad idea how can i avoid that in future and what can i do better because that's how you every you don't get good at something without being bad at it first so and no matter how good you are at something failing is very very important yeah no 100 it's it's how you learn isn't it yeah um yeah so when you do your saves, how much research goes into the actual team before you start? As much as I can possibly do. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends. Like historical, so for example, with Bolton, obviously when I do my history segments, I have to do as much historical research as possible. So I'll allocate entire days 
just to doing that part of the save. Yeah. So I'll, I know that there's going to be a little gap between the end of them. So I'll use that week in which to purely be doing historical research on the club to build those graphics and things for the start of the videos. Uh, because I think that sort of stuff's important just to get people embedded into the, like, the culture and the history of the club as quickly as possible. And, but as for like investigating the squad, I generally don't like to do anything like that. I like to just kind of jump in blind and then kind of wing it from there because I think it's more fun. Yeah. Your graphics and stuff, is that something you do yourself? Uh, well, I mean, to a certain extent, I think people overestimate how, uh, well, they underestimate how easy it is to do these things in the sense that I mean that I think some people think that it's much more difficult than it is yeah. because you don't need to make this stuff from scratch. There are templates available. There are extremely good templates that can be available very, very cheap on the internet, which you can get that don't, yeah, maybe they don't do exactly what you want it to do, but there's with any kind of, with just a little bit of YouTube research and general articles, you can figure out how to do what you want to do with the templates you found. And that's generally what I do. I, you're never going to find something that's perfect for what you want to do, but you'll see something that's kind of close and go, okay, how can I then learn what I learn enough to change the things that you want, but you don't need to learn everything. Well, I think that's good to hear to be fair. Cause... Like it's a bit like saying, you know, my, my car, my tire might blow, but all I need to learn how to do here is change a tire. I don't need to train to be a mechanic to fix this issue. You yeah. just need to know enough. And I think that's key because it's quite daunting, isn't it? Like as a new content creator, oh, yeah. that's one of the things that I find daunting. Like I'm going to have to put an introduction sequence to this. Um, like how do I go about it? And and I've, I've obviously had your advice before in relation to a, another YouTube video that I did. So I know I'm going to keep it really short, have yeah. something to begin with. But then it's like creating that, isn't it? Um, and that's one of the oh, things yeah. that I find quite daunting. So it's good to it know that. Be a hook. Yeah, that has like to be with a intros hook. to series. I I spend like I, I, it's almost this is a kind of another joke in itself is the amount of time I spend choosing the music for the intros to series. Yeah, probably way too much time at the end of the day. But people talk about the music which i felt like is an important factor because if people are actually making comments and discussing the music that you're using in a positive light to me that then it's worthwhile spending you know all afternoon one day just with the intro on repeat going through a music library like the entirety of a music library trying to find songs that fit and then narrowing it down from there and then getting em to pick the best one because she knows this stuff and she's way better at it than i am yeah and i'm glad you brought her up so how supportive is em uh about as supportive as a human being can be really yeah um she's never she's never considered what i do as like you know how with a lot of things related to streaming and youtube there's a stigma particularly when it comes to it being your job yeah. it's very much a case of okay cool but you know when's the real job coming you know come on obviously this is a joke right you're not actually doing that but she's never treated it like that she's always looked at it as like well at the end of the day a job is something that makes money and if you're making money and it's the same as a job then what difference does it make which is brilliant to be fair isn't it because you know it's yeah I, i'm not going to sit here and pretend that i'm earning lots of money but who cares i'd i don't really value money that much i value it more as like money is a means to an end it's a means to allow you to live you know live work to live and not live to work i guess so making no like, em and i make about the same amount of money and em's like a, a retail shop assistant and that's fine because we don't need that much it's you know, obviously you always like a bit more for more comfort, but it doesn't matter particularly. Once you reach a certain point and you, you're kind of okay, then I feel like that's kind of fine. And I wouldn't care that much if I was earning that much more money because I'm not, and that's fine. Yeah, from my point of view, time is time is the most important currency in the world, isn't it? And if you, yeah, can, exactly. if you can do something that you enjoy, then you are massively, um, I think you're winning in that aspect. Yeah, if you 
like say you're working even just being able to work from home you're cutting your commuting time out which means you've got less time actually spent hashtag working yeah. at that point no matter what you do really if you're able to work it from home cutting out that commuting time is you able to spend more time with your family you know obviously diff difficult at the moment but if you live with your family then obviously you know it's not and you're actually able to spend more time with your partner or, or pet or whatever really or doing things you don't want doing things you want to be doing yeah um how much time do you spend um shooting editing um uploading um a week on your youtube and your streaming it's hard to say like obviously i stream for four hours a day three times a week but yeah. there's more stuff that goes on around that that so you know I probably do a bit of work for about an hour before each stream just to make sure everything's fine and set up ready for it. And occasionally you'll still get screw ups because that's what it is. But then you learn from them. Like yesterday I started the stream and there was no sound on the intro because I forgot to switch the sound thing over. Yeah. So now I'll just add that to my list of things to check. <laughs> that's how you, you know, you learn by failing. And I, I don't know. I have tried to work it out before. So like usually speaking on a day when I'm recording videos, it's kind of very much nine to five. Although, but that's without like a lunch break per se. I would just sort of, you know, raised throughout during the day so it's nine to five sort of straight for the most part but and that's on days i'm recording obviously on days when i'm streaming it's a little bit easier because i'm finished by three so or just after three so sometimes i'll do some extra work after that but sometimes i'm just like i'm actually kind of done for the day and i'll just get off a little bit earlier at that point but you're you're doing it six days a week and it's still you know i'm, not, I'm certainly not complaining about it there's nothing i'd rather be doing than this so how did your sorry how did your working week kind of um break up because i think that's really interesting because you do obviously try and balance streaming with youtube and mm. i know a lot of people especially like new content creators we try and get exposure as much as we can on twitch yes um except twitch is very bad for exposure yeah it, it doesn't promote content like very very rarely unless you're the top of a category there's very the chances of discovery on twitch are very low because it doesn't have a very good recommendation filter there's no algorithms or anything attached to it it just kind of you get what you're given and like it kind of thing with Twitch. YouTube is so important for a streamer. And, and vice versa, really. Okay, and why is that? But, but, but because, like, YouTube, with the YouTube algorithm, you can put, you can make content that goes out there and people will see it. And if you're progging your Twitch in there, people will see that. And you'll slowly but surely, if you get enough people, enough eyes on the content, and if the content's half decent or whatever really you're going to get a trickle down effect over to your twitch channel and the same way that if you're on twitch plugging your youtube channel is going to get slow but sure traffic back over the other side again and it's just a kind of balancing act of keeping the two things in check really so do you think you've got the balance right not really i think that if you i think basically i make the wrong type of content for what i want to be doing with that uh, because i feel like let's plays like long-term let's play series on youtube are not good conduits for that because the only episode that's really going to do what you want it to do as far as promotion of Twitch is the first episode of the series yeah. because everyone watching after that most likely is already a consistent viewer of yours at that point. So you're not really getting anything new, uh, which is why you see a lot of creators now blowing up with more evergreen content that's one-off content that can be viewed as and when. You can dip in and out and it's different kinds of content, be it tutorials, other stuff like that. That seems to be the, the go-to these days because each of those individual videos now has a chance of being found by new audiences and that's kind of what you want really which is why i made the second channel to try and make different types of content that i didn't feel i could really make for the for the main channel and tell us what type of content you're making on that second channel so essentially obviously my vod highlights from twitch go on there as well but the main reason i made the channel originally was just so that we'd have somewhere to put the vod highlights because uh, people wanted to see it and they hate using the twitch player which makes sense because it is trash 
But secondly to that, there was lots of content where I wanted to make sort of slightly more lighthearted, almost like meme-like videos, which is just funny stuff I find, be it things like the tallest players in FM. Stuff that matters to me because I find that sort of stuff interesting. Yeah. But I felt like if I put that on the main channel, it would seem like I was... I don't. I felt that it would seem cheap, even though I don't believe it is, and I feel like it's good content and it's fun. But yeah. I feel like you kind of have different audiences there. So by having the second channel, it would be for more, maybe for people that are interested in that type of content, and maybe it'll have a chance to grow on its own. I don't know. So you've been streaming now for mm, ten months. Yeah, right, roughly, nearly close to ten months. YouTube content for nearly six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, six years. So there's a period of time between 2016 and 2018 um, where I've seen that there's an 18 month gap in your videos. Yeah. Was that, and, and only if you're comfortable speaking about this, mm -hmm. Matt, um, was that a break you took intentionally or was that a case of you just getting fed up of it or what, it was what, what caused that gap? Of, it was kind of both. Um, like, so around about, right after I hit 5,000 subscribers, I remember this well because around that sort of time, I, I remember getting like flu-like symptoms and I was fine. And then about a week later, I woke up and all of a sudden I just couldn't see properly. And I had like, it was kind of like looking through a blurry windscreen or like not blurry, but like a dirty windscreen. And I was starting to get very concerned. And after a couple of days, I noticed that I was starting to get like muscular twitches. So like, you know, when you put your arm in a funny position, you could feel like little random twitches in the muscle. Yeah. It, it was like that basically, but it was like constant and I couldn't seem to control it. And it sort of spread throughout my body. And I was very concerned about that at the time, as you would imagine, because when you think of things like muscular twitches, you immediately jump straight to conditions like ALS and motor neuron disease and stuff like that. So I was pretty terrified going to the doctors and whatnot. They run tests and stuff like that. But it was quite a concerning time. So I took a little bit of time off around that sort of time, which is frustrating because that was just as the channel was blowing up, but it kind of had to be done. And I was diagnosed with a condition called non-steatotic, uh, wait, non-alcoholic steatotic hepatitis, which is basically liver disease, but not caused by alcohol. And they, I don't believe these two were even connected because one, I was when I was cleared of that eventually, that didn't actually clear up the original symptoms I had. So I really have no idea what caused that. And eventually they just put that down to a serious viral infection that was already out of my system by the time that they'd actually managed to do any tests, but had caused long-term damage to like my nervous system. So I get like a tremor in my hand and um, my peripheral vision can go a bit funny sometimes. And I, I have trouble with my balance and stuff like that a little bit. And so, yeah, that, that was part of it. And then obviously I came back to YouTube wasn't well but i kind of just learned to cope as i have now and you know you kind of just learn to live with it after a while it's just it just becomes part of your life so you're just like whatever and then i was making content again and i started the midgeland save the building the first building a nation save i actually did and people were liking it it was the most successful series i'd ever done the channel was blowing up again this was around the sort of time that i was getting close to twenty thousand subs and i, I gained like 1500 subs in a month and it was like the most i'd ever done the viewers were through the whoop through the roof and I was, it was happy with that. But with that came an enormous wave of a slightly different type of audience that I wasn't used to. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I was mentally strong enough to handle it at the time in the sense that I was used to my small little audience and community that were all very nice and very cordial to each other. And with this new boon of an audience came a very different attitude towards content. And it was this kind of very entitled, demanding kind of, if this person that I'm watching isn't doing the exact thing that I want them to do, I'm going to complain about it on every video until they listen. And when you've got a hundred people like that, all of a sudden, you just sat there going, I put a video out and these people are going to pick apart my psyche for the next half an hour. And it kind of just becomes to the point where you're like, is this really fucking worth it? Yeah. Like it was ruining my mental health to the point where I would sit there and be like in the verge of tears before I record a video. I still have like face cam footage 
uh, from like the final few episodes I recorded before I stopped and just binned it off because I keep that shit to remind myself never to let myself get in that position again uh, because it's important to remember that kind of stuff. And you could say like, you know, just be more thick skinned, but it's easy to say that. And at the time when your entire comment section was just full of complaining about every little decision you'd make in, and it's a video game at the end of the day, which you were trying to make videos to entertain people with. And I kind of came to the conclusion that I wasn't enjoying making the content. Clearly this very large vocal group of people, although let's face it, it probably wasn't even that large of a group of people. It was just enough to the point where it became the entire comment section. Um, when every top comment on my videos was someone complaining about every decision you'd made and listing off all the things you'd done wrong in every video, you were just kind of like, what's the point in this? And I just didn't have any kind of desire to continue making content anymore. It was ruining my brain. And I felt for the, at that time, I just had to make the decision to just be like, you know what, this might well be something that I could do in the future if I clearly things were growing and that was good and people were liking the content, but I couldn't see myself two months later still being stable mentally at that point if that was what it was going to take to be successful on youtube that i wasn't prepared to put myself through that frankly so i just stopped apologized to people and said nope i've kind of got to go and then i just disappeared basically for two years so how did you make the decision to come back it was kind of like it was a difficult decision because i'd sort of said for many years that i had no intention of ever coming back to it because it, i didn't want to ever be like that again but I thought maybe I should come back to streaming and then I never did um, or certainly not for a while anyway, not for a couple of years. And then eventually I just kind of, I think what it was, was I saw some people, new people making content and I'd been on a few like podcasts with creators that had been around at the time and they, people knew who I was still. They still remembered me. And, and I think I can't remember. I don't know why I did this. I think it's because um, people, I, I was kind of feeling a lot better on myself. Like I'd been working out a lot. I'd kind of got, myself into a better mental place and i felt that was important and i felt like you know what maybe i could give this another crack but i was like does anyone really care about my content anymore when there's people the, the bar had been raised considerably over that two-year period with new content creators coming along that were doing things that i could have even dreamed about at the time and i knew that it'd be a lot more hard work to maintain the channel the way it was but i put a tweet out basically just being like you know if if i was to come back and make youtube content again would anyone still be interested and, or has that kind of ship sailed? And the response I got to that tweet kind of made me go, oh, okay, people actually still care about the content I was making. And so that was in like January. And then I sort of spent some time thinking about if I was to come back, what on earth would I come back and do? And then I was like, if I'm going to come back, it's going to be on my terms doing my types of saves for whatever I want. And if people like it, then they do. And if not, then I don't really care anymore. I think that was at the point where I stopped trying to please people yeah. uh, as much anyway. And so I thought, screw it. I'm going to do this B67 save. I'm going to make a team in, well, they are a real team, but they're not in FM. Uh, a team in Greenland that plays in the Danish league. Obviously, they don't do that in real life. But I was like, if I can sort this out database-wise, that'd be quite a fun save to try and do, to try and win the Champions League with a team from Greenland. And so I did. Um, or I didn't actually, I didn't end up doing it, but I did do the save. We just didn't win the Champions League. And I just thought that I might as well give this a crack. And when I came back and put the first videos out, people were extremely, very, very nice, frankly. Uh, we, I basically gained all the subs back I lost over like the next two days, which was actually ridiculous. And then kind of just went from there. I was only doing videos like three days a week. So it was quite easy to, for me to keep up with and I wasn't getting too overawed with it. And then it kind of just went from there at that point. I was back and I just kind of fell back into my routine of making videos again. And then you've just gone from strength to strength since. 
I wouldn't even say that. I, I don't feel like the YouTube growth has particularly gone that far at that point. I've kind of felt like the, this kind of stagnated on YouTube because when I left, I was not one of the bigger channels, but I was certainly in a bigger group of channels. Whereas when I came back, that was no longer the case. There was new channels had sprung up that were on much larger numbers than I was. And as a result, when I came back, I didn't have that same level of impact anymore where I could rank my videos really, really easily just by putting out content. So, and I couldn't seem to find any traction. And at times that was quite disheartening. Uh, but I did still have a, a a dedicated group of people that watched my videos, and that was enough for me because it was just kind of thing I was a thing I was doing at the time. So I was like, you know, making a little bit of money here and there. It's it's nice to have, but it's not like the end of the world if these videos aren't super successful. And so I just kind of kept doing my thing. Oh, lovely goal, oh, Salah. Fair play. play. <laughs> that is a great finish. <laughs> nice little chip there. <laughs> yeah, very Salah-esque. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just sort of how it happened. You have mentioned about growth and numbers and things like that. I think what a lot of new content creators struggle with is numbers. So one day you can be on like, I don't know, 50, 60 average. The next day you can go back down to 20 average and, and things like that. How, what advice would you give to somebody, in um, to new content creators in relation to that aspect of it? Certain numbers are important. Certain numbers aren't. Yeah. Um, like the sub number or the follower number uh, follower number matters to a certain extent with very early days particularly with twitch like if you're trying to get affiliate obviously there is a certain number you have to hit in order to get affiliate that number is important until you hit affiliate after that, that i mean the number shouldn't be that that matter that much anyway and even the average viewer number isn't i mean it's important to an extent but it's not the number you should be paying the most attention to i feel like the numbers you should be paying or not even the numbers the things you should pay most attention to are things like more like the number of regulars you have in your chat or the number of people who rem you remember things about and the community of people the, the sort of closer community that you have surrounding you i feel like is far more important and building that community aspect a genuine community i know people bat around the word community an awful lot but a genuine community of people that not just come to the streams to talk to you but to talk to each other i think that's far more important than any other number because that is what you want to hopefully be building really and that's what i've been trying to build this entire time and i feel like i'm getting there with building something like that now and it's nice it's a nice feeling and that's community over the actual physical numbers and that's what you prioritize well not so much the physical numbers yeah community over physical numbers essentially obviously the community has a number but you can't pinpoint what that number is and i wouldn't even try to but you could sort of get a feel for when you have a stream when everybody's chatting having a good time the memes are flowing and everything's great those are the kind of streams you want to sort of be focusing on when things are going right like that it's I mean, I say them as if I could give this advice. At the end of the day, I can only give advice on what I've done so far, which I think has been okay, but I still feel like I could do a lot better. Um, but that's what I've been sort of trying to focus on anyway, is building that sort of community up a little bit. And it's it's nice. Not for any other meaning, because it's it's a nice experience to have, to be able to come to a stream. Like, it, it's not a jaded thing, like a sort of cynical thing you're doing because of X, Y, and Z as far as success goes. It's because I like streaming with a bunch of people who are really nice to each other and enjoy having a laugh and a joke and just having a nice time it makes those four hours a pleasure to do yeah. rather than a chore you're doing because you kind of feel like you have to it's i've never felt like i had to stream i've always really really wanted to every single stream i do and that's what makes streaming so much fun and have you ever experienced an, a situation where your stream wasn't as active as you thought it would be and, and how did you deal with that every now and then you'll have like a stream that where for whatever reason the chat's just not quite as active and it might just be that sometimes that isn't even because there's less people watching it might just be that there's less people active in the chat that day yeah. uh you might have the same number of people that are watching or lurking or whatever they're just perhaps doing something else still enjoying the content but it's hard to perceive that when you're the streamer so 
I just treat like I try to treat every stream if it's a bit dead in the chat for whatever reason. I just try to go into sort of YouTube mode, like commentate on the things I'm doing, make jokes myself, and just turn onto a different head until such time as it picks back up again. Because, or it may not do, and that's fine. You know, things happen. It's at the end of the day, I'm there to provide entertainment for other people, not the other way around. So, it's up to me to do my job properly. Is there anyone that you now go to for advice and stuff? I, I've always talked to people like Ben. Ben the most. I've always, I mean, Ben have always talked about these sort of things. And he's always sort of been like a, a like, a, he's always not mentored me, but like we've always talked about this sort of stuff. And he's been very good to me over the years with giving me advice and just keeping me involved in things, frankly, because I'm quite an introverted person when it comes down to it. And as a result of that, it, I would find that I often sort of shy away from certain situations because I'm, I'm not a very forthcoming person. I tend not to talk to people unless they talk to me. And it's not because I'm unfriendly or standoffish. It's just because I'm very reserved a lot of the time. And being involved in things like the Streamer Showdown and various other events over the years has enabled me to not be left behind, I suppose. How many times is Salah going to do that in this game? I mean, that's three in 17 minutes. <laughs> He's having a bloody lovely time. I mean, throwing the towel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spin it off now. Stop the count. <laughs> He has just literally ripped me apart down the middle. It's incredible how he's done that. Every single time was a chip, I feel like. <laughs> wow. He knows <laughs> his finish. He knows his finish. Yeah, he's got one special move and he likes it. <laughs> so we um, we were talking about Ben, and Ben's always like looked after you and, and kind of mentored yeah, you to a certain extent. Like, he's always been someone that I could talk to. If yeah. I, I, never, I don't think I've ever actually gone to him specifically for advice, uh, but whenever we found ourselves in a position, whenever I found myself in a position to ask him things, he's always been very forthcoming with the answers. Yeah. and over the years um ever since getting me involved in the fm league back in 2015 2014 that sort of christmas time that was the first time i met all the other content creators really because again i was just kind of doing my own thing on my own little island and that was the first time i really got involved in like the community per se uh and that was nice i, I love doing stuff like that because it's nice you get a chance to talk to other creators if you've got an audience it's nice to talk to other creators because it's a chart whenever i'm doing showdown the stuff if i'm playing off against a creator who maybe my audience isn't familiar with i always sort of treat it kind of like an interview so i interview them so that you know my audience gets a better idea of who that person is and that way they can you know i feel like they're more likely to go and watch that person through that method rather than me just being like go watch this person because i think like, you have to kind of figure it out for yourself a lot of the time but i think that's the best way of doing it is me just getting get my audience to know people like that because then they can make a better decision and that way that person just ends up with like people that actually genuinely want to watch their content and that's better for everyone in the long run yeah no 100 percent. i think one of the key things that i've noticed about you is um you're always willing to help the next generation so to speak and and the amount of times you've said you know if anybody wants to dm you and and i mean that chip finish is just absolutely <laughs> ruining me oh my I mean, goodness your goalkeeper must hate chips <laughs> like he is just like scared of potatoes now <laughs> yeah. can you be allergic to potatoes i think you nick can pope is yeah, Nick Pope is just never allowed near a fish and chip shop ever again. We should call these this team like the potato peelers, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, so is that what inspires you? Obviously, like you've always been, or, or you've had people to help you. Is that why you're so forthcoming with other people or new particles? Or is it just something you enjoy doing? I, I kind of feel like it, it's a sort of, if someone's come to, if someone actually like values my opinion enough to come to me, to ask for advice on anything the least i can do is respond yeah i suppose because I, I it feels incredibly I, i'm extremely grateful that anyone would even consider what i have to say important enough to ask me in the first place so that's why i've always been happy to help anybody really like if someone dms me with issues about fm or content creation or even like 
anything really uh there was a spell when I, I had my dms open on twitter because if i said basically if anyone has any problems with anything and you just need someone to talk to drop me a dm and people actually did and i was glad that they actually did take me up on that and that hopefully by me responding and actually talking to these people and you know obviously i'm not going to work through their problems i'm not a psychologist yeah. but i can still at least provide an ear to those people i i felt like they got something out of that agreement not agreement but like i felt like they got something out of that and that was important to me because i don't know i was just i think i was brought up in my dad by my dad to always try to help people in any opportunity you got because it's not about getting anything back from those people it's just about you feel good when you help people at the end of the day i feel like you feel better helping someone than you do by getting something off of someone else and it's way more satisfying to try and actually help someone if you feel like you genuinely might have actually done something positive that's the way i look at it it's it's kind of selfish in a way really it's like selfish altruism where you're you're doing it to help them but you feel good about it at the same time so it's kind of a bit of both yeah and but you know it, it means a lot i think especially in this world like you tweeted about um, before the new football manager came out and you tweeted myself and people at like Bully Beef and I think it was Aberrant and I can't remember the, the other. Uh, there was Aberrant and Mike and it would have been Ancient Clown as well, but I yeah. couldn't remember his Twitter. Yeah, but you know, that meant the world to me. So just seeing that randomly, like on my phone, I remember being at work and just seeing it and I remember literally like showing the wife saying, oh my God, like <laughs> this is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life and obviously she was slightly concerned about that you've got married we, mate you we can't got say that <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, so so i had some damage limitation to do in the last two years and you would never see from again <laughs> but yeah no things like that that you know you don't have to do that and, and i have noticed that you go above and beyond in relation to that and i think that means the absolute world too especially new content creators um i, I mean like if i see someone who I think, like, at the end of the day, I wouldn't do that dishonestly in a way that I'm just plugging random people because I feel like I'm going to get something out of it. If I'm plugging someone, it's because I genuinely really like their content and I want them to succeed. And if there's anything I can do with even my tiny sphere of influence to help with that, then why on earth wouldn't I? Yeah. Oh, it's like this as well. Like, you're, doing this, like you're, you're the first guest on the scouting centre. Um, and, and this is huge. And I hope to continue it. And I have spoke, yeah. reached out to other people as well to feel like Sweet Left Foot and... Um, Yep. and like G and things like that and and, and you know mm -hmm. it, there seems to be an appetite for this to be fair so Absolutely. I'm hoping to continue going and getting you well, as the first guest it's important for people to talk yeah 100%. I feel like people need to just talk more yeah and be encouraged to have support networks and talk to people particularly men because I feel like men's mental health is sometimes under prioritized mm -hmm. and I feel like talking is a really good way of you just feel better when you talk even if it ain't about mental health if it's just having a chat with your mate or someone anyone it's good for you. Good for the soul. That sounded really pretentious. <laughs> no, but, no, but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that to me because mental health is something that's really special to me. So I'm going to do a charity stream next month or whatever. Awesome. And it's going to be in relation to men's mental health or Excellent. mental health in, in, in general, to yeah. be fair. Are there any causes to you that, that streaming has allowed you to support more or something that you find um, streaming has brought you closer to? I think the mental health side of things. Like I, I want to do at some point whenever I move a charity stream for mental health. Uh, like a 24 hour one a proper one where i can set it up properly and get it you know support a real a proper charity and everything but it's just given me a kind of and whether this is something that's positive or not a soapbox from which to preach my please fucking talk to each other mental health message because i don't want other people to feel like i did mm -hmm. and if there's anything i can do to stop that from happening then again it's like why wouldn't you you've got a, a tiny in the grand scheme of things influence on an audience but the least i can do is use that for some kind of positive effect if i can do without being preachy but I think it's important as well, isn't it? Like you say, like um, what you just said about men talking, it's, it's not done enough. No. So, and, and you got I barely used to talk to my friends. Yeah. Did you, have you changed that now? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
I went through a period where obviously all my friends lived all over the place. So we'd all, you know, it was the same friends I was with at school yeah. and we kept very close, which I realized that that's a terrible piece of goalkeeping. Uh, <laughs> hadn't, you kind of lose touch sometimes, but it was the same group of friends I've had since I was like 16, 17. Some of them I'd known for a lot longer than that. And yeah. I realized after a while that we just didn't talk anymore. You'd see each other at parties and stuff yeah. and general gatherings, but they'd be like months in between. And you'd go months without even acknowledging that person. You feel kind of lonely, to be mm. honest. And if you've got that support network of friends there, why aren't you using it? And then it sounds stupid, but like, I remember seeing a couple of my mates that they just got into Fortnite. And bear in mind, we're like 20 seven years old at this point but who cares um and i was like screw it it's free i'll download it and so we ended up in a little facebook group chat together and i suddenly realized after about a month or so that all of a sudden we were like texting in there every single day and talking to each other obviously while we were on voice chat and all of a sudden i realized that oh god i just suddenly got my friends back out of nowhere yeah. to the point where you're talking to them three or four times a week and it's like you're back to being at school with your mates again and all of a sudden you just feel a lot better in general and then over time we sort of slowly convinced more and more of that same group of friends to play games with us and get involved in this group chat to the point where it went from like three of us to now it's like seven of us and there's like a sort of people outside of that and all of a sudden you've got your entire friendship circle back when you talk to them three times a week we have a discord server we you know all that sort of stuff that was missing before is now like i'm literally after this call i'm gonna go play games with them because yeah. that's what we do and it's it's nice it's like i didn't have before and i feel like i that's probably part of the reason i was able to come back to doing youtube honestly because i suddenly had far more mentally I was much more healthy in the brain. And I think that's probably part of the reason for it is that I felt less lonely in general and had more of a connection to other human beings. And that's pretty helpful sometimes. That's, I think people underestimate just how important it is, simple communication between other human beings. What do your friends think about you being a YouTube content creator or, or a content creator full stop? You, you get the piss taken out of it. Yeah. The general kind of approach, but I'm all right with that at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> because you know everyone gets the piss taken out of them for various things and that's just mine. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm the guy that yells at dots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is quite funny when you think about it, but it's it's yeah. amazing though what kind of like you and Ben and like what you know the whole FM community has created because it's the, uh, so this football manager 21 was my first release on Twitch. I didn't yeah. know about Twitch until March um with lockdown and I started watching it for FIFA and Castro. Um, oh, yeah. so he got me into it cuz Mrs. D um loved him. She found him really entertaining. Really? um yeah <laughs> um and then from my point of view i was like well i want to stream i started to look it up from like june onwards and i wanted to stream and then um i was like well what game am i good at now i thought mistakenly so that i was good at football manager <laughs> <laughs> obviously i've been that, that's been um, corrected since but um but yeah it's it's, it's the, and now i've been opened up to this whole other world where like literally football manager is my second life if that makes sense yeah um and even mrs d to be fair she's like she's got she started to play football manager 20 just to kind of get into it yeah. to realize what i'm going through so it she is sounds like m like <laughs> yeah taking a genuine interest because it's something that the person she loves loves and i don't think that there's anything more valuable than that she comes on the streams and she's a massive part of the streams as well. Like, yeah. um, you know, I got sacked by, um, I'll say the name, Sevilla. And she ran upstairs. Yeah. I didn't know she'd done this, but she prepared a song and she started to sing it. <laughs> Is that what became your follower notification? And literally, so, no, no, so my follower notification, but, but I've got that now. And literally, I've got that as a sound command. And everyone just, <laughs> um, when it looks like I'm going to get sacked or I'm losing, they literally play that um, that command. And you're right, like, there's nothing better than being supported by your other half of doing this. And I'm, like, 37. Yeah. So, like, 
you know, it, and that's the thing. Like, I was always a little bit worried. I was like, is this a young person's game? It's, I don't think FM is at all. If you look at the ages, generally speaking, of the the larger FM content creators, we are all, and not that I'm including myself in the larger ones, but like, mm. generally speaking, they skew late, like mid, late 20s, early 30s, and so on, really. Yeah. And and it's just the, I mean, Mal style is absolutely ripping me he apart. He is trash. <laughs> at least it wasn't a chip that time. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, and, you know, we've always made this, in, uh, you know, the scouting center, the draft isn't important. The draft is a conduit to get me and 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 you talking. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's let's, my... get, let's talk about how good Mo Salah is. <laughs> exactly. And Mo Salah is, is an absolute beast. So if you ever God. want to draft him, he is the guy. Lukaku, not so much, apparently. Consider uh... this my endorsement of Mo Salah. <laughs> um, so um, you mentioned um, being on the streamer show. And as we know, you're the defending champion, um, <laughs> which I think needs to be mentioned. Um, and, and, Just don't mention it to Mike. Yeah, yeah, don't mention it to Mike. Um, and, and, and I think it's important that we focus on the fact that you're the defending streamer showdown champion when we look at the score currently. Um, <laughs> so how did you get about in, in, in relation to getting involved in that? And, and It how... was just... It's one of those things, again, where I think when it was being put together uh, by Ben, Foxy and others, I... I think it was just because I, it was quite simply down to, I think I had an existing relationship with the people that were making it and they wanted people in it initially that they knew would not like be good, but like people that would, they know would, they could trust, I suppose, that could do the job, get things done, do what they're told and make a product, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I was involved from the off really it was because I felt like I could be, you know, felt like I could be trusted to do the work that we needed to have done and put on a show that is at least going to be entertaining for people and i think that was successful I, I think it's been very successful and i think you know watching it as a, a spectator when i'm not involved it's great fun and i enjoy watching it as a spectator and to me that's that's important and and how did it feel to win the last one oh it was great it was great fun it was about bloody time um, <laughs> we've been in that many of them i felt like eventually a blind squirrel was about to find a nut and i did and that nut happened to be mike sadly but uh um... <laughs> <laughs> oh you said you had a clown and everything ready poor lad <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love a chicken costume because of it, so hey, it's not all bad. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, is there anything you'd do differently in relation to any of your series or any of your streaming content? I think if I could look back on it, I would have just not stopped to begin with, but mm. you just, I don't think I would have had the hindsight that I have now if I hadn't. Mm. I think that if I'd continued any longer at the time, I would have just driven myself into a pit of despair even deeper than what I was already in. And I think that might have, yeah, okay, I might have had a few more months of growth on YouTube, but I would have been in an even worse place when I stopped. And that might have been enough to prevent me from coming back in the first place. Yeah. So I feel like you can't change the past, so don't, but you can learn from it. Like you learn by being bad at things and that's fine. For, that's fine for me. So I don't think I'd change anything because I don't think I'd be in a position I am directly right now if I hadn't have done the things I did in the past. I think a big thing is, is you mentioned your mental health and, and a large part of, managing your mental health is identifying your triggers yeah you, exactly you, you obviously identify the trigger and you knew that the best the best way <laughs> just as mo salah opposed the trigger for the sixth time in this game but you obviously identified your trigger and, yeah. and, and you decided to move away from that which is the right thing to do isn't it so ultimately yeah. uh, and and you are back now and you're better than you're better than ever i'd suggest i i think mentally for sure yeah um but I think that's because now that it's become something that's quite stable for me, that's a very enjoyable place to be. I'd be lying if I said this wasn't the dream job because it is. Yeah. Um, so that definitely helps. I, I don't know were I, to, were I to have taken a different direction at the start of the pandemic, maybe I, my mental health might not be in the best position right now. But I just figured if I'm going to be stuck inside all day anyway, I might as well be stuck inside trying to help other people and entertain them a little bit if possible. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's crazy that I didn't even know that, like, you only did this full-time, what, is it what, eight months ago now, or ten months ago now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, essentially, back then, obviously, when you first start on Twitch, I wasn't earning any money anyway, so yeah. it was, it was I was putting full-time work into it without getting full-time pay, if that makes sense. Yeah, because it takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it took a while, obviously, you know, you're not going to suddenly jump up in huge sub-numbers overnight. Yeah. Right. So, what pushes you to continue to create new content? just i enjoy making it and yeah. like obviously it's a job so you have to push yourself because when you've got when you've got no one to motivate you outside of yourself really you have to be your best motivator you have to be able to get yourself up to do these things and sometimes that's difficult sometimes you just have a day where you wake up and you feel a bit shit but there's tomorrow is another day you know today might not be great but tomorrow could be and i always look at like if if something can be I mean, just an arbitrary number. Say you put a score on a video or a stream that I did and that score number is 75, then I would always look at that and go, okay, why can't it be 76? What could I do to make it 76? Um, like, you can chase perfection, but also understand that you won't ever find perfection because perfection is... Perfect is the enemy of really, really good. And sometimes being really, really good is good enough. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. What's the best thing about being a content creator? What's it? What's the best thing it's allowed you to do? I mean, it's obviously allowed me to network with other content creators, make more friends, sell a squad again. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's allowed you to get to this moment. <laughs> yeah, it's allowed me to destroy you with one man. It's, that's what I've really been doing this for all these years. Six years ago, I was like, I get the feeling in six years' time, I'm going to be really fucking happy, and I just don't know why. Um and no it's it's given me an opportunity to do things that i didn't think possible things like you know it's a game i liked and i've had a chance to go to the studio i've had a chance to talk to the devs been involved in events like that, that i just never thought possible really i've had a chance to meet a lot of very interesting people and form you know quite strong friendships with some of them and you know still great relationships with others and that's awesome and something i would not have expected before and just just having a chance to build a little community of people that fun to talk to on streams or youtube videos frankly has been that's been worth it by itself because that is the most fun you'll ever have with things like content creation is when it's all going right in a stream and there's something hilarious has happened and everybody's just riffing off of it there's nothing better than that feeling because everybody's just having a really good time and it's just kind of like being at a party really and if i could have every stream be like that i would but i also feel like if they were then it wouldn't be as special so i'd rather it stick to where it is and there's things like classic, classic neck neck, which will no doubt be iconic and, and will last forever. Yep. <laughs> you do a Fulham save every year. <laughs> Not if I can avoid it. Um, <laughs> I did a Fulham save last year yeah. on the beta just because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Oh no, it was the year before, I think, actually. Oh, hello. Another goal. Cool. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's not it's not Salah this time, so I'm okay with I, it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that that is that. Oh, 10, come on. Um, and. I think I've only ever done like three Fulham saves, maybe four, like yeah. when I first started playing. I did a Fulham save when I first did YouTube. I did another one a couple of years ago. And I think I've got one on the go this year, which I just use as like a tactics incubator yeah. just to test stuff that I don't want to test on my actual saves because then I have to actually make progress on them. Yeah. Right. So uh, if you could give any advice to any new content creators, what would it be? Uh, doesn't matter which platform you're on, whether it's YouTube or Twitch, make content for the other one as well. Mm. Because streaming i think helps you become more extroverted as a person because you're forced to provide entertainment yeah. without any kind of pre preparation obviously preparation is important so it, i think it makes you better and makes you think on your feet um and if you're doing twitch then make youtube videos because it'll make people it'll make you way, way easier to find for other people 
and you might be brilliant but if no one can find you then it doesn't matter because no one's able to see it in the first place and i feel like maybe a lot of content creators might have been lost to that exact thing where they were perfect for it but no one actually watched them to begin with and they didn't get that initial bump and the worst thing you can do is try is oh, sorry not the worst thing the best thing you can do is try because what's the worst that can happen well exactly the worst that can happen is literally nothing all that can happen is a positive thing if nothing happens from it then you've not lost anything maybe a bit of time but you know if you've enjoyed doing it then what's that matter exactly because this is a passion isn't it exactly yeah excellent um where can we find you on your socials Ah, so you can find me on my socials twitter it's second yellow curd so no a in card because again twitter and their stupid lengths of names limits um twitch obviously is exclamation exclamation mark that's a twitch command matt uh <laughs> twitch is twitch.tv slash second yellow card youtube is second yellow card as well uh, i have a second channel which is straight red card obviously the url is a, a mishmash of numbers that looks like it's like code from the cold war but that's just how youtube is um so there's that as well and that's oh i have instagram as well yeah because that's that's something i definitely need to be promoting my instagram i have an instagram too which is second yellow card yeah. and excellent and what i'll do is i'll put all the links in the description below um obviously you're winning this nine three what i've realized though matt is it's actually three two if you totally dismiss mo salah's contribution to the game this is true and by that metric you've basically won <laughs> i mean can that be a rule where we can just totally dismiss a player because he's caught seven goals i guess is that like i hadn't heard of that rule but i guess if like we'll have to talk to the fa if they say it's cool then i guess we'll have to go with the ruling on the field i mean it's kind of like var isn't it you just make it up as you go along yeah exactly it's just <laughs> like painting it's a very fluid art form no um can i just say thank you from a personal point of view i mean you've always been there for me you've always answered my dms you don't have to do that um and obviously being part of this and, and i know you're gonna I know you know of some of my other plans going forward, so I do really appreciate you um, and thank you for everything and for being there. Hey, that's quite all right. Yeah, it's, it's I wouldn't you know would always do it. It's just funny. Oh my god, Salah assisted the other two goals. <laughs> <laughs> Look, right. So the scouting centre, we we have decided that second yellow card good, most Salah good. Okay, that, that's <laughs> that, that's the first um, kind of result from the scouting centre. Excellent. Um, that's it from me. Is there anything else you want to say? Is there any causes you want to um, promote or anything like that? I just, just be bloody nice to each other. <laughs> Brilliant. That's my cause. Just, just, it's so easy. Like just so easy. Talk to people. Excellent. Awesome. Well, that's it from me. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and I shall see you soon on the next edition of the scouting center. Thank you, Matt. And see no you worries, soon. man. Bye. Hi all, um, I've had a couple of days to reflect on the interview I did with Matt. Um, firstly, can we just agree what an absolute legend he is? Um, always so helpful and I think that message um, was um, clear throughout the interview with him. Um, secondly, his message of being kind, I think that's something that we can all take away from, from that interview. If you did like this video, please like and subscribe. There will be more content coming your way from the Scouting Centre. I've already got a few guests lined up. If there's anybody you want um, to be interviewed or to be on this show, by all means, just drop their names in the comments below and I will reach out. Or if, the, or if you know them or if you want to be part of this show, just reach out to me. Um, thank you very much for your time and take care.